Our scripture reading is from Exodus chapter 14, verses 1 to 15. Then the Lord said to Moses, Tell the Israelites to turn back and encamp near Pi-Hahiroth, between Migdal and the sea. They are to encamp by the sea, directly opposite Baal-Zephon. Pharaoh will think the Israelites are wandering around the land in confusion, hemmed in by the desert, and I will harden Pharaoh's heart and he will pursue them. But I will gain glory for myself through Pharaoh and all his army, and the Egyptians will know that I am the Lord. So the Israelites did this. When the king of Egypt was told that the people had fled, Pharaoh and his officials changed their minds about them and said, What have we done? We have let the Israelites go and have lost their services. So he had his chariot made ready and took his army with him. He took 600 of the best chariots, along with all the other chariots of Egypt, with officers over all of them. The Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, so that he pursued the Israelites who were marching out boldly. The Egyptians, all Pharaoh's horses and chariots, horsemen and troops, pursued the Israelites and overtook them as they encamped by the sea near Pi-Hahiroth, opposite Baal-Zephon. As Pharaoh approached, the Israelites looked up, and there were the Egyptians marching after them. They were terrified and cried out to the Lord. They said to Moses, was it because there were no graves in Egypt that you brought us out to the desert to die? What have you done to us by bringing us out of Egypt? Didn't we say to you in Egypt, leave us alone, let us serve the Egyptians? It would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the desert. Moses answered the people, do not be afraid, stand firm, and you will see the deliverance of the Lord, or deliverance the Lord will bring you today. The Egyptians you see today, you will never see again. The Lord will fight for you. You only need, you need only to be still. Then the Lord said to Moses, why are you crying out to me? Tell the Israelites to move on. Another, dear friends of God, another year is before us and it's dawning out before us as a whole new year. What will happen to us in 2022? Well, reporters and pundits and, you know, in this weekend's Waterloo record, there's a whole page about astrology and what might lie ahead of you depending on the alignment of the stars at your birth. Anyone with anyone to, anything to say will find their way on the airwaves or in the newspaper or on TikTok or wherever it is you find your news, and they will tell you, this is what you can look forward to for 2022. This is what will happen. And they try to answer the questions we all have. What will happen to us next year? Well, how will the pandemic play out? Will we still be wearing masks this time next year? What will happen in politics or school or the economy Will the Leafs make it to the playoffs? Will there, or more importantly, will the Canucks make it to the playoffs? But that's a different thing. Will there even be playoffs? That's the question. What will happen to our futures? That's the big question. 
That's the big unknown. Some predictions are accurate. Some are way out in left field. And it's at this time of year that we also gather together and we think of God. And we think of what God promises to us and and how we can place our lives in God's hands. Because it is God who holds the future in His hands. No one knows that future except for God. So we hear His word and we place our trust in Him. And trusting that the future is in God's hands is the lesson that Israel had to learn early in its life as a nation. As God was shaping them as a nation, He was taking them out of Egypt and He was was taking them and forming them as as His special people. And he uh, He had shown Himself to them. He had revealed Himself to Moses and Moses said, this is your God. Let me tell you about your God. He's powerful. He wants you to be free. And he went to Pharaoh and said, let my people go. And Pharaoh hardened his heart and and the plagues. And and then finally the Passover happened. And, you know, uh, then they they were set free. Pharaoh had finally relented and let God's people go. And God was leading them to the promised land. And here he was telling them, I'm going to lead you. I'm going to send you in the desert in a certain way. You need to trust me. Uh, It will will be counterintuitive for you to be following me this way, but trust me, I know what I'm doing. Because he knew that Pharaoh was going to change his mind and, and send out his whole army to recapture them and bring them back. And so we read in in our passage, the Egyptians, all Pharaoh's horses and chariots, horsemen and troops, pursued the Israelites and overtook them as they encamped by the sea near Pi-Hahiroth, opposite Baal-Zephon. The Israelites hadn't happened to find themselves in this place. They were sent here, to this place. The Lord had guided them on purpose. Because here they would learn a, found, a founding truth for them. A founding truth for all God's people, including us today. You can trust God for your future. Because at Pi Hahiroth, they were stuck between a rock and a hard place. Or, to put it differently, between an army and a wet place. On one side, they had the superpower of the day, the, the army that could invoke shock and awe on any country, any nation who stood up to the, to the Egyptians, were, they, they did not last. This was a superpower of the day. They had chariots, they had horses, they had cavalry, they had it all. And so here they come coming to take them back into chains, coming to take them back into slavery to serve the Egyptians. And on the other hand, there's the wide expanse of the merciless sea. The sea, in the ancient mind, was a place of chaos, was a place of darkness, was a place of death. When you go into the depths, you you go into death. And so this was a very bleak situation indeed. The Israelites had seen the future, and it was one of death. Either they fall into the hands of the Egyptians, 
and go back to Egypt and die as a country, as a nation, and are totally broken as a, as a nation and just serve the Egyptians over and over again from generation to generation, and this is what we do. Or they fall into the sea like so many lemmings. Either way, they die. Can you imagine those Israelites standing there, defenseless, backs to the sea, facing the powerful army of Pharaoh? Who of us wouldn't join them in crying out and and shaking, crying out to Moses the bitter accusation, was it because there were no graves in Egypt that you brought us out to the desert to die? Listen to that black humor in that. And listen to the fear and to the doubt. Who of us wouldn't second-guess the decision to leave Egypt? Didn't we tell you, Moses, just leave us alone? We told you so, Moses. We told you it wouldn't work out, and now we're all going to die. And they're reaping the bitter and terrifying consequences of a decision to follow Moses and listen to him. They were still powerless. They weren't free at all. And now they were just sitting ducks, just waiting to be picked off. What do we see when we look into our future? What do we look at? Maybe not, we're not in as precarious a position as, as those Israelites. But we nevertheless have some concerns as we go into the year 2022. The future is always risky business. The unknown of the future fills us with concern, and perhaps some of us are afraid. Some of us look into the future, we see uncertainty. How much longer can we cope with this pandemic? And we look and we wonder, how's the church going to do? What will 2022 bring for our congregation? Will we stay strong? Will people still come? How will we pass on the story of Christ to the next generation And this year, Synod is going to make a decision about the human sexuality report. How will that affect us? And what about our families? Will our children be able to go back to school? And for how long? So much life change will happen. Graduations and marriages and job transfers and empty nests and health scares and health decline. How will we face all of this? Our paths will take many directions. What gives us strength in an unknown future? What gives us hope to go on when we're paralyzed by fear? Glib predictions won't do it. Moses wasn't told, tell those Israelites to cheer up. He, didn't, he wasn't told, you know, get a, tell those Israelites to get a grip, come on. He, he wasn't told to circle the wagons. He wasn't told to put up a barricade, to send out some guerrilla fighters and snipers to hamper the Egyptians. He was just not told. But he just had to be there. And you know, the sun will rise and set every day of 2022 as God ordains. The snows will give way to the rain. The blooms will return in May. But when it comes to our personal futures, nothing is guaranteed. How do we hang on to the uncertain world of tomorrow? But take a closer look at what happened to those Israelites when their deathly future was staring at them right in the face. 
into this terrifying situation becomes, or comes a, a bewildering command, a, a, a nonsensical command, a totally counterintuitive command. God says to Moses, why are you crying out to me? Tell the Israelites to move on. Can you imagine what that sounded like to Moses and to the Israelites? Move on. Yeah, but God, there's nowhere to move on into. So, was he telling them to opt for drowning rather than the sword? Is this the way it's going to play out? No one's going to take away our freedom. We will rather die. And let's go. Just like, you know, at Masada in AD 69, before, you know, the Roman power of Vespasian and Titus, those zealots were standing there. We will rather die before we, we are taken in chains. Not at all. That's not the way it's going to play out. Because he gives his redemptive word, a word that's meant to create hope. And he invites them to trust him. Only take the first step. Get up, follow my lead. And even though it sounds so unnatural, so perilous, take that step and then see how powerful the Lord really is. And that's what we need to remember as we go into 2022. Move on in faith in the Lord, regardless of what may, may seem ahead of you. The Lord will save those who depend on Him. And for, for Israel... God did this mighty act, a miracle. He has Moses stretch out his arms and open up a passageway through the sea. And he teaches them the lesson that's foundation to their ver- foundational to their very existence. The God is the God of grace and power. The God, our God is the God who watches over his people and saves them when they cry out to him in times of trouble. And everything they now have, they have from the Lord And he will not let them be destroyed. Nothing in heaven and on earth can harm them when they are under his care. The Lord is is the one who makes our future secure. The Lord is the one who will open up a way. And we can trust him as we make our way into 2022. I remember a, a member of my church, a church that I served, he told a story he was working for a government communication company, and they wanted him to take a, a course to, to get further training so that he could move up the ladder in, in the company. And he was also, at the same time as he was asked to take that course, he was asked to be a youth elder in his church. And the busyness of his young family did not allow him to do both. And he was in a really, really hard place. He did not know what to do. I've been called to be a youth pastor, and my, you know, I can I can get ahead by taking this course. But after much prayer and thought, he said, I have to take the position as youth elder and pass on the further training. It was a big risk for his career because if you don't take these opportunities, your career stagnates and and stops at that level. But he did it anyway, and he served well as a youth elder, the first one in his church, building a a ministry that that created health in, in that church. 
And then years later, in that company, he put his name forward for another position. He wasn't qualified for it. And the person he was up against was a stronger candidate. But he got the job anyway. And he asked his boss, why did you give me the job? And they said, well, there was some mentoring involved with it, and we noticed that you had worked with youth. So we gave you the job. We took a chance. And that's the way God works. He opens doors when we follow Him in trust. And, and my friend really enjoyed his new position, and he thrived in it. So you never know where God leads you. Only trust that where He calls you to follow, He will open up a way for you to thrive. God knows what He's doing when He asks us to trust in Him. He's the one who holds the time in His hands. He's the one who works out everything according to His purpose. As the late Carl Tile wrote in the banner years ago, wherever you are, whoever you are, Whatever the circumstances of your life, be assured that the Lord bids you to move on. Simply that, move on. As you take the first step and add the second step and the third, you will find that God's commandment is not unreasonable. And even though you walk through the, the shadow of death, His rod and His staff will be there for you to lean on. Move on. Follow where He leads even though it may look strange. Where is the Lord leading the Israelites? To the promised land, to a new kind of living, where God is at the center of everything, where His law is taught and lived, where blessing abounds. It's not a place of scarcity, a place, but it, like, like Egypt was, it's a place of abundance, a place of living by faith in a God who is faithful. God has a mission for these people. They're to be God's people in the world. They're to... They were called out of Egypt not just for them to be happy, but as a way to show the world who God is. They will be God's demonstration plot, showing what kind of blessing can be had through His powerful name. And they're called to declare His glory and proclaim His good news, and they live before God's face. And God blessed them to be a blessing in the world. And it started with trust. Do you trust this God to do what He says? Do you trust this God to bless you? Will you move on? And as a, as a congregation, we have a mission in this world as well. We're still called to be God's people, to declare His glory and proclaim His good news. We live out the teachings of Jesus. We bring the blessing of Jesus to our world, and we live out of the grace that we've received, and we reveal the God of grace and hope and love. And likewise, it starts with trust. Will we trust this God where He leads us? Will we be His faithful followers even when we're asked to step out of our comfortable pews and serve our community? Trust in the Lord is something that doesn't come naturally to us. We, it comes with fear. It comes with complaints. It comes with all the human emotions. Our sinful habit is to try and try make our, sin, our future secure on our own. But what the Israelites show us is that we need to stop resisting the Lord's commandments. And where He goes, He calls us to go, we go. Where He leads, we follow. For by following this great shepherd of the sheep, we find green pastures and our cups are filled to overflowing. In our own sights, 
Who knows what 2022 will bring us? But with God to lead us, 2022 is once again going to be the year of our Lord. Our future is as certain as the promises of God, and He has a mission to accomplish through us. And so, yes, we too will move on. Amen. Let us pray. Oh God, we thank you for your story of great salvation, how you opened a way in a place that was, was a place of death, but you opened a way of, of redemption, of salvation, of new life, a life that is abundant and joyful. And Lord, as we face a, a new year, we pray that you would help us to take the ways that you opened to us that we would be a faithful congregation, that we would receive that new life, that great joy, that abundance that you give to your people. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.